0: Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling some common challenges that teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents to feeling discouraged to managing homework and everything in between. Last week, we talked about what to do if you're losing your voice, which is a challenge most teachers face at some point in their career. This week, we're headed a different direction. And we're going to talk about eight reasons that you might be feeling discouraged as a teacher. If you have been feeling kind of down, surrounded by negativity, overcome with all the frustrations, I hope that this episode will be a big encouragement to you because we're not just going to talk about why you're discouraged, but we're also going to dive into how to overcome it. So let's get started. You know, as I was trying to think of a a clever way to start this um, podcast and blog post episode, I was sitting there brainstorming, and an email popped up in the corner of my computer as they do, and the subject line was, teacher, teacher. You have got this, and the U is in all caps. And um, it immediately piqued my attention, um, mainly because of the subject line. And of course, um, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere anyhow, so I stopped and um, read the article, and it was, it was a good article. It was encouraging. It was motivating to teachers. But there was just something about that subject line that kept drawing me back to it. There was something not quite right. I mean, do we really have this? Is it really about us trying to have it all together? Is the answer to our frustrations as teachers really a self-help motivational speech about digging down and somehow finding strength within ourselves to make it through the craziness? I don't think so. I mean, this way of thinking is super popular with non-Christians because honestly, that's all they have. But we as Christians should know better because it's just not true we don't have this. We could never have this. And best of all, we don't need to have this. Why? Because God has this. You know, if you're feeling frustrated or discouraged, um, you might find yourself like thinking, man, I need to pick me up. I need something to encourage me, something that'll banish the negati- negativity, reignite my passion. But that's not really what you need. You don't really need a motivational speech or a new technique to try. These can be helpful for a while, but it just doesn't last that long. What you really, really need is more of God. Only He can bring you that deep down, can't take it away, joy, peace, and rest, despite whatever challenges you're facing. So as we dive into these eight reasons that you might be feeling frustrated and discouraged, don't ever lose sight of the truth. It's not about you and what you need to do. You don't have this, and that's okay. Because when we depend on ourselves, we get into a whole lot of trouble. God has this, and we can always depend on Him. Which actually brings me to... Problem number one, the first reason you might be feeling frustrated is that you're trying to have it. You're trying to be a better teacher on your own. You know, as teachers, we're used to figuring out how to make things work. But if we're not careful, we'll try to teach, inspire, motivate, and maybe even prick our students' conscience all on our own without relying on God to make us what we need to be. Maybe you say, oh, well, I realize that I need God. I, I definitely do, you know, so I, I always try to teach with God's help. But listen to that phrase for a moment, with God's help. In and of itself, there's nothing wrong with it. But when we say, I teach with God's help, where is the emphasis? Too often, the emphasis is still on me. I teach. And we just tack got on the end, like we'd tack on a couple extra bonus points to a student's test. The problem is, even this doesn't work. I mean, how many times have you tried to somehow do better or be better? Determined not to lose your patience, only to lose it again. Endeavored to stop complaining or gossiping, only to fall in it again. Worked on having a good attitude toward towards a difficult administrator, only to remain constantly frustrated by them. It's just not working, is it? I, I know this is how it's been in my own life. I've had um, things that I've tried to work on, tried to be better, and I've just made so little progress. And I've come to realize that's because I can't do it. And furthermore, this isn't the message of the gospel. Trying to somehow pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and be better is not the message from the gospel. God didn't save us to struggle on our own. Furthermore, he didn't save us and then promised to quote-unquote help us as we continue to struggle. No, he wants to actually change us from the inside out to work his work in us and produce his fruit. So what are we missing? The solution to this problem is to realize that God must do the work in and through us. Listen to these verses. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. From John 15. And then Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, it's not about us trying to be better teachers with God's help. God himself must do the work in us. He must change us from the inside out and produce his fruit of love, joy, peace, and patience. It's a subtle mindset shift, but it's extremely powerful. So stop trying to be better, do better on your own. Instead, cry out to God and ask him to change you. He is the potter and he has obligated himself to mold us if we simply trust and surrender to him. Which brings us to our next problem. Problem number two, you may be discouraged because you're actually not trusting God. You know, in any challenge we face, whether it's a difficult administrator, frustrating co-worker, a scary evaluation, overreaching parents, an overwhelming stack of paperwork, or even the monstrous classroom you know where, our souls can always and immediately be at peace if we simply choose to trust God. But the problem is that we just don't. I mean, not really. We may say we trust God, but our stress and worry reveal otherwise. If we truly trusted God, we would rest in His plan, surrender to whatever He has for our lives. Even this uncomfortable challenge we're currently facing and wish would go away. We would experience the joyful rest Jesus describes in Matthew 11 when He says, "'Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart.'" and you will find rest for your souls. But we don't listen to these words. Instead, we worry about God's plan. We fear that what he has for us may not be what we want, or we secretly wonder if God might just happen to get it wrong this time. Or we speculate that this situation is just so bad that maybe just maybe um he's not actually in control. Now, when I say that out loud, it sounds ridiculous. We know that God's plans are always best. We know he's never wrong and that he is always in control. So then why don't we believe it? The solution is actually quite simple. We must simply choose. It's a daily choice to trust God, surrender to his plan, and leave our worries with him. You know, often we take our burdens, our concerns to Christ in prayer, but immediately pick them right up and try to carry them again the second we say amen. You know, it's like casting out a fishing line and then just reeling it right back in. But what if we actually left our burdens with him, actually trusted him to take care of them? What if the next time you were worried about your observation or your testing results, you took that to God in prayer and left your concern with Him, refusing to worry about it a moment longer? I mean, yes, you'd still need to do the necessary prep work, but you wouldn't have to carry the burden of worry any longer. You'd finally experience the great peace described in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The third problem that might be causing you to be discouraged is that you may be thinking untrue thoughts. You know, we can't always change our situations, but we can always change how we choose to think about them. The problem is that we often don't realize how unbiblical and therefore untrue our thought patterns are or the great damage that they are doing. For example, see if you recognize any of these common thoughts. I don't deserve to be treated like this. I'm not good enough. I just can't do it. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Despite how often we hear these phrases and even think them ourselves, all of them are decidedly unbiblical. And what's more, they'll leave you continually frustrated and discouraged. We dive deeply into all of these in Teach Uplifted, um, but really, if you search the scriptures and you really think about them, none of those are true. So what do we do? We need to renew our mind by taking every thought captive to the truth of scripture. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. in Romans 12 too, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you're feeling discouraged, you must first pause and pray, yield yourself to Christ. Then analyze your thinking. Ask yourself why you're really upset. Often there's a hidden reason, such as your own pride or our own unrealized expectations. Next, think about the biblical truth that addresses the feeling and those underlying reasons. For example, if you've been treated unfairly by an administrator and have been telling yourself that you don't deserve to be treated like this, then you'd need to recognize that this This frustration is caused by pride and, really, the desire to be respected. But as we think about that, we know that pride is so abhorrent to God. It must be cast down and replaced with genuine humility. Furthermore, when we think about it, we don't really work for our administrators. We work for God. So it doesn't really matter what they think nearly as much as we think. So as you think through this in your mind, you would then choose, instead of worrying about what your administrator or anyone else thinks of you, I'm going to choose to remember that the only one's approval who really matters is God's. I'm going to determine to do my best and leave the results, including my own reputation, up to God. Do you see how that thinking process works? Once you've identified the wrong thinking and replaced it with biblical truth, you have to make a conscious choice to believe that truth. And it's a choice. Don't get worried with, oh, I don't know if I believe that or not. Just choose to believe it. Then change your thoughts regarding the situation, maybe even writing them down as we just described. Tell yourself the truth whenever your old thought patterns surface. Keep reminding yourself over and over until the old fades And the new thinking becomes second nature. So those are three reasons you might be discouraged. The next is actually quite simple. It may simply be that you're exhausted. You know, while complex spiritual or emotional issues are often at the root of our discouragement, sometimes the answer is way more simple. You just might have no energy left. You know, when you're running on empty, everything is way harder to deal with. And it's time you recognize the truth that you can't just keep go, go, going without it taking a toll on your body, your mind, and even your spirit. Too often we laugh off our physical needs of rest, good nutrition, and exercise. I don't have time for that, we think. And somehow we feel like we're being a martyr by, quote unquote, putting our students first. But here's the truth. We're not really helping our students when we're so tired that we can hardly think straight. When we lose it and snap, quote unquote, out of nowhere, because we didn't have the energy to deal with their shenanigans today. When we go through crazy mood swings because we aren't eating right, or simply can't muster the energy to bring much passion to our lessons. This is not good for our students. So stop fooling yourself. You're not helping your students, and you're certainly not helping yourself. Your energy needs to be a priority, starting now. So what's the solution? Increase your energy by prioritizing getting more rest, eating better, drinking more water, and or exercising. Oh, well, that's easier said than done, I bet you're thinking. <laughs> well, maybe. But... There's just a simple thing you can do. Ask yourself, what's one thing I can change now? Maybe you need to go to bed earlier. Most of us can do that if we simply choose to. Maybe you need to add a 20-minute nap to your schedule. You know, I may or may not have napped in my closet during a free hour when I was uh, particularly tired. (laughs) How about bringing a water bottle from home so you drink more water throughout the day? Or finding time for a 20-minute walk three days a week. You don't have to change everything overnight. Just start making your energy a priority and identify one thing that you can change because you need to do this. Your students need you to do this and it will be well worth your time. A fifth reason you might be feeling discouraged is that you're assuming the worst. You know, few things tend to frustrate us more than our own fellow human beings. Whether it's an out of touch administrator, helicopter parent, an unmotivated colleague, or a challenging student, there always seems to be someone that gets under our skin and causes no end of frustration. And I bet you can picture them right now. But here's the thing. Often the frustration that we feel towards this person is a result of our assuming the worst. I mean, Honestly, they probably do have genuine faults, but we tend to exaggerate them with thinking like, I just know they don't like me, or I can't see any excuse for their behavior, or did you see how they reacted to me? Can you imagine the horrible things they must say to their students? We're taking the situation and we're assuming the worst. But what if instead of judging them or their situation, we chose to give them the benefit of the doubt instead? What if we realized that maybe we don't have all the facts, all the details? What if we considered that they they might be going through big challenges of their own that are affecting how they handle their day-to-day problems? What if instead of letting our own frustrations rise in righteous indignation, we chose instead to shower them with grace? And so that is the solution. Give grace and the benefit of the doubt. You know, when God's Spirit is working in and through us, He enables us to hold others in high esteem, regardless of what they do. We can remember that God loves them and that we fall short too. We can give grace as we would want others to do for us. The amazing thing about this is that when we give grace to others, we find that our own joy is renewed. And as we stop fretting and worrying about everyone else— We find God's peace and love filling our own hearts, and the discouragement and frustration simply melts away. So if there's been a particularly uh, difficult person that you've just been struggling with, try that. Try giving them grace and choosing not to worry about them, and you might be amazed at just how much that simple attitude changed. A sixth reason you may be feeling discouraged is that you're simply trying to do everything. You know, if your schedule is jam-packed with meetings, responsibilities, to-dos, and activities with no empty space to simply rest and refresh, then it's no wonder you're overwhelmed and discouraged. I know teaching is super busy, but the truth is that it doesn't have to take over your entire life. And furthermore, it shouldn't. Here's the thing. Too many of you are saying yes to every single request that is made of you, or at least the vast majority. And the thing is, you're saying yes out of guilt or obligation, or maybe it is a genuine desire to make a difference, but you're missing a key principle. Here's the thing. When you say yes to one thing, you're actually also saying no to something else. I mean, this is simple logic. When you agree to one responsibility, responsibility, you automatically give it time and energy that can no longer be used for something else. But how often do we actually consider the cost before we say yes? Instead, we like to think of ourselves as superwoman, super teacher, and super mom. We can do it all. But the thing is, we can't. When we say yes to one thing, we are saying no to another. And too often those no's are things that To that really matter. Our kids, our spouse, our health, our relationships, and even our own spiritual life. So the solution, choose only the best things to say yes to and then guard your time so that you can give those your best effort. You know, Instead of saying yes to everything, save your yes for the very best things, the projects or responsibilities that you can really make a difference at, and which you can give your full effort and energy. Then, set boundaries to protect your time. Never just plan to keep working until everything's done. You realize there's always something more to do, right? Instead, determine ahead of time when you'll leave school for the day and how long you'll work at night. Block off time to simply be with family and friends, and don't let yourself think about school during those times. We could go on to that one topic forever and ever, but for sake of time, we're going to move on to problem number seven. You may be discouraged because you're stuck. You know that one area of teaching that is driving you crazy? Maybe it's how your students are always talking when you're talking, or how you spend forever grading each night. Or that new policy that just came down the pipe that is a horrible idea. Whatever it is, you're feeling stuck or trapped. Like there's just nothing you can do. But chances are there is something you can do. You just got to put your thinking cap on. Solution here is to think creatively. Often there's a creative solution to our biggest frustrations if we just ask the right questions. So instead of instead of thinking I can't do anything to change this, this is horrible, start asking how could I make this work. Ask other teachers how they handle the situation, or if you're really struggling in a particular area, invest in a training like Classroom Management One Hundred One or the Forty Hour Teacher Work Week. I link both of those in the notes for this um, episode at TeachForTheHeart slash discouraged. But above all. Pray about the situation. Ask God to give you clarity. And then ask yourself, is there an easier or a better way to do this? Just a quick example. I spoke with a teacher last year who was struggling greatly. Uh, Her school had a requirement that they had to give at least like five to seven quizzes each grading period. She just couldn't figure out how to make this fit in her schedule and have time to make the quizzes and she was getting really frustrated by this requirement. I suggested that she simply give oral quizzes instead of typing everything out. Oh, she said, I can do that? Of course. Why not? So try to think a little bit outside the box and find a creative solution that will meet the requirement and work for what you need to do. The last reason you might be feeling discouraged is a big one, and that is you might be trying to be perfect. You know, few things will drive you to despair faster than a pursuit of perfectionism. So please stop getting frustrated with yourself that you're not yet the teacher you want to be. You have to celebrate progress, enjoy the journey, and remember that growth takes time. You are not the teacher now that you will be in five years. At least, I certainly hope not. But don't expect to get there overnight. And don't expect your students to be perfect overnight either. Recognize perfection as the dangerous, unbiblical pursuit that it is. You know, perfectionism is often a result of our own pride, our own desire to be respected or to feel good about ourselves. So don't give into it. Run from perfectionism. Cast it down and enjoy the journey that God is taking you on. Remember that you don't have this, but God sure does, and he never, ever makes mistakes. I hope you found these eight principles helpful, but we really only got to scratch the surface of each one. So I would love to invite you to join our brand new three-day challenge for Christian teachers. We're going to be talking about how to renew your joy and refresh your perspective as a teacher. We're going to be diving into these concepts in more detail. You can join this absolutely free challenge at teachfortheheart.com slash joy, or you can also find the link in the show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash discouraged. I hope to see you there. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers and just the opportunity to speak to them through this podcast. I pray that if they're feeling discouraged, you will renew their hearts and their minds, that you will encourage them and help them to depend more on you and less on themselves. Show them your truth and just renew their spirit. Give them your peace and joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for being here. Please, I hope you'll join us in the Renew Your Joy, Refresh Your Perspective Challenge. Once again, at teachfortheheart.com slash joy. Um, If you're listening to this podcast right now on the blog, I strongly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes or on Stitcher for Android, and that way you'll get the podcast delivered right to your phone. Um, each time a new episode comes out, you can find out how to do that at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. So glad to have you with us this week. Join us next week as we continue this topic about staying encouraged and dealing with discouragement. In particular, we're going to be talking about what to do when you feel alone as a teacher. See you next week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.